to say how much we appreciate you uh, through these crazy times. Uh, I know you've been very faithful to give and support uh, your church and to receive through whatever avenues uh, ministry has been available. And uh, Pastor John, I just want to say how much I appreciate what you just shared with your people a minute ago. Uh, you talked about flexibility and wow, has that is that ever such a, an important word? And and then what you I don't know if you use the word or not, but you demonstrated it, and that is wisdom. Um, this is a time where people have had to use be very flexible, because um, you know it seems like so many people have such strong opinions and such strong convictions. And while we appreciate that. Uh, we also realize that a lot of different people have a lot of different opinions and a lot of uh, different convictions. So this is a time to really uh, not to try to take away from your personal convictions in any way. But we have to walk in love toward one another. Uh, you know, I think, Pastor John, you giving the flexibility of two different types of, you know, uh, approaches in the two services is brilliant. Uh, that is excellent. Um, so I want to uh, project a picture, and uh, Brother Mike has been very helpful with this, uh, but I want to uh, show a picture, if Mike uh, can show the, the first picture that we have. It really tells what this message is going to be about. And we've got a little bit of a time delay, so I don't know if the pictures are there or not. So I'm just going to assume that they are. But uh, the first picture that I have to show you, as you can tell, assuming that it's up, is a cute, adorable little lamb. And uh, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. And this picture really encapsulates a good bit of what I'm going to be sharing about today. Uh you know the Bible. I know you You are so well taught uh, by Pastor John and the other uh, ministers there. You know the Word of God, and you know that the Bible has a lot to say about sheep and shepherds. And uh, maybe when you saw that, if you were thinking about what, what might this message be about, um, you may have been thinking about the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And there's so many different verses. You know, Abraham in the Bible was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. Uh, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Uh, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And Jesus taught about um you know, a shepherd having a hundred sheep and one of them goes away and gets lost and he's going to leave the 99 on the hillside and he's going to go search for that one sheep that is lost. And when he finds that sheep, uh, he's going to rejoice more for that one sheep than even the 99 that he always had in his possession. And so, you know, someone said once, well, it doesn't make sense if you have a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost. It doesn't make sense to leave the 99 and to go search for the one. And somebody else said, well, it does if you are the one. And what we need to understand is that Jesus loves each one of us enough that if we get off 
the uh, path, if we get lost, wander away, that he loves us enough to search for us and to find us. But here's the thing, you know, you saw that picture of the little lamb and how cute he was and how adorable. And, and maybe when you saw that little lamb, you thought, well, that's, that's me. I'm that adorable lamb that Jesus loves and that type of thing. And, and, and so I'm, you know, we're all going to say, yes, that's exactly who you are. But, you know, lambs don't always stay on the path, uh, like the, little lamb, the cute, adorable lamb in that picture. Sometimes sheep get off the path. Sometimes, as Jesus said, they wander off. They wander away from the flock and get lost. And um, there's an actual, uh, this is a true story, what I'm about to tell you. Uh, In New Zealand, uh, there was a sheep that got away from the flock. And uh, and this is such an amazing story because normally if if the sheep gets away from the flock, it doesn't do very well. Sheep are pretty defenseless. Uh, they can't really fend well for themselves. But this particular sheep that we're talking about uh, found a cave and it was able to uh, stay in that cave. It would come out for water and for grass to eat and things, uh, but then it would go back in the cave, and it was six years that this sheep was lost, and the shepherd could never find it. And uh, so, uh, Mike, if you would throw up that second picture, uh, this is what a sheep looks like who has been away from the shepherd, This is what a sheep looks like who is away from the flock and has been, you know, for an extended period of time. You probably notice quite a contrast between the cute little adorable sheep, the little lamb uh, that we like to think we all look like that. But this second picture is the sheep that's been away for six years. And when this sheep was finally found, uh, and I think you can understand why they gave this sheep the name Shrek. Uh, that now, what you're seeing on that sheep is not that sheep is not fat. That is sixty extra pounds of wool uh, that this particular sheep was carrying. And you can can you imagine the insects and the oh the 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 burrs and the different things that were in that wool? It, it's just hard to imagine how mangy and that type of thing. So I'm certainly not here to accuse any Christians of looking like Shrek, uh, but Shrek is a good example of why we need to fellowship. Uh, why we need to be in church, why we need to receive the ministry of the word, uh, because otherwise we begin carrying a lot of stuff that we were not meant to carry. That's 60 extra pounds of wool. And when a sheep is properly cared for, you know, it's, it's, its wool is shorn, and it goes into making coats and different things, clothing for us. And so anyway, um, you know, so much of the Bible, when it talks about shepherds and it talks about sheep, we get the picture that um, we, we need some help sometimes. You know, the Bible talks about we are the sheep of his pasture. And in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, 
Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That is quite a, an amazing uh, passage of scripture that we've all, the Bible says we've all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. And so, you know, when we come together as Christians, when we come together to worship God, one thing we know is that none of us are perfect. None of us have any room to be judgmental of others or to have a condemning attitude toward anyone. We are all dependent on the mercy and the grace of God. And the beautiful thing is, according to Isaiah, and he wrote this some 700, 750 years before Jesus came. You know, when we come together, he said that um, the Lord laid on him, laid on Jesus, all of our sin, all of our iniquity. And so that's really powerful. There's another verse in First Peter chapter 2 and verse 25. That says, for you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. And so we were away. We had gone off the right path, but, but we've now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. And that's very powerful. What I'd like to do is to walk you through this morning. Uh, Psalm 23. Now, Psalm 23, you may think, wow, that's really long, but it's it's really one of the shorter psalms in, in the entire book of Psalms. It's only six uh, verses long. And, you know, the thing about the 23rd Psalm is it's a very known psalm. It's a very loved portion of Scripture. And perhaps next to John 3, 16, uh, people know John uh, Psalm 23 more than any other, you know, entire passage or section of Scripture. Here's the thing, though. When you think about where do you hear Psalm 23, what do people associate Psalm 23 with? And, and for most people, they associate Psalm 23 with a funeral. And, hey, there's nothing wrong with Psalm 23 at a funeral. It's tremendously comforting and encouraging. But, but people, many times, they associate Psalm 23 entirely with funerals. And here's the thing. Psalm 23 is really for living. It's not for dying. It is, it is for dying. It, you know, as we transition from this life, you know, those are words of comfort. But it's not just for that. It's, it's for all of life, every aspect of life. And what I would like to do is I would like to walk you through uh, 12 principles, 12 blessings that come when we really follow the shepherd. One of the problems that we have with Psalm 23 is that many people know it as beautiful poetry but they haven't really owned Psalm 23. In other words, when they hear Psalm 23, what they're really thinking is the Lord was David's shepherd. 
But I, I want you, when, when we're finished today, I want you to leave this service saying the Lord is my shepherd. I want these promises, I want these statements to be just as real to you as they were to David. Don't just give mental assent to this psalm, but own this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. And that means that he's going to be more than just your savior. See, a lot of people want Jesus to be their savior. They want their sins to be forgiven. They want to know that they're a child of God. They want to know that they're going to heaven when they die. But when we say the Lord is my shepherd, if we mean it, that means that we have given Jesus Christ permission to be the Lord of our thoughts, our attitudes, our words, our actions. When we say the Lord is my shepherd, if we really mean that, it means that we're following Jesus. Not just that the Lord is my shepherd on Sunday morning, but the Lord is my shepherd. And I want to give you 12. This may sound like, wow, 12 is a lot. We're going to hit these really fast. Uh, these 12 blessings that are released into the life of a believer when that believer is really following the shepherd. Number one, the first thing that is released in our life when we are following our shepherd is provision. Provision. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. David knew as a shepherd himself that he made sure that all of his sheep's needs were met. He led them into ways of plenty. He looked for the places where there was abundant grass and abundant water. And we need to understand that we have not just a good shepherd, but we have a great shepherd. And when we really follow him, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, people oftentimes are fearful. They're worried about, am I going to have enough? Is there going to be ample? Is, is there going to be enough provision for me in my life? And I understand people can go through challenging times. We can face times of challenge. But when we follow the Lord as our shepherd, he is going to lead us into a place of plenty. He is going to lead us into a place of uh abundance and provision. Uh, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talked about, he said the Gentiles, meaning those that don't have a covenant with God, are always worried about not having enough. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? But Jesus said, your father knows that you have need of these things. And then Jesus told us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So number one, when we follow the shepherd, he is going to lead us into a place of provision. Number two, 
uh, he will bring us into a place of rest. Uh, David said in Psalm 23, verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. That's just such a picture of rest. Now, to you, lying down in a green pasture, you know, may not sound all that attractive. You may much prefer your lazy boy or your couch or your bed. But if you were a literal sheep, the green pasture would be ideal. Um, I was so glad to hear Pastor John and Anita that you got away this week uh, to uh, rest and that type of thing. And, you know, and we need times. Everybody needs times to get away, to rest. Even Jesus said to his disciples one time, let's go apart to a quiet place and rest for a while. But you know what? In addition to having, you know, actual tangible vacations and that type of thing, there is a rest, a peace, a trust that comes when we've really committed everything in our life to Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is Matthew eleven twenty eight. He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. When we know the Lord is our shepherd, you know, people can take vacations and we, that's good. That's good. But you know what? It's possible to take a vacation, but never find rest for your soul. Rest for our soul comes from trust in Jesus. Where there is trust, there is rest. The ladies usually like to hear this. Um, one person noted this, that God did his most magnificent work while Adam slept. Stop and think about that for a minute. God did his most magnificent work while Adam slept. You remember when it was time for Eve to come into the picture, God knocked man out. That must have been some kind of anesthesia. Uh, because the Bible says that God put man to sleep, opened up his side, took out a rib, and from the rib he formed the woman. And um, such a beautiful picture. And but but it goes to portray this: that when man rests, God works. Now I'm all for being. Um, diligent and working hard and being responsible. Uh, you know, all those things, the book of Proverbs teaches all those things about being a good, diligent worker. But you know what? There comes a point where in addition to work, we also have to rest. And, and uh, I'm not preaching a legalistic Sabbath, but there is a principle of Sabbath whereby we rest in him. We trust him to do the things in life that we can't do, okay? Number three, the third blessing that is released in our life when we are following the Lord as our shepherd is peace. Real connected to number two, the rest, but peace. He leads me beside the still waters. 
That's such an amazing picture. It's a picture of tranquility. He leads me beside the still waters, not turbulent waters, not white water, you know, the the kind people raft in, that type of thing, not waterfalls, but he leads me beside the still waters. It is a picture of peace. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There is a peace that is in Jesus that you will never find in the world. If you're looking for the world to give you peace, uh, we pray for our leaders. We thank God for our leaders, but but we don't ultimately look. We don't ultimately look to our leaders to give us ultimate peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and He can give us a peace that no one else can. Number four. When we follow the great shepherd, when the Lord is my shepherd, he brings restoration into my life. He restores my soul. And that's such an important thing because, listen, we live in a world that wants to take everything from you. We live in a world that wants to suck the life out of you. Take your peace, take your joy, just destroy your sense of well-being, your, your sense of emotional wholeness, your spiritual equilibrium. But Jesus, the Bible says, he restores my soul. Why would our soul need to be restored? Because there is a thief who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Uh, number five, when we follow the great shepherd, we have guidance. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. You know, I, I get amazed sometimes when people say things like, well, you know, you just never know what God wants. You never know what God is like, you know, but, but God gave us the Bible so we would have guidance and direction. Uh, God gave us the Holy Spirit. Uh, God gave us a pastor. God gave us, um, you know, godly counsel. Uh, he guides me. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And number six, I love this. When we follow the great shepherd, we have security. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, meaning when life throws its very worst at me, I will fear no evil because you are with me. When we are following the great shepherd, all these blessings begin to be manifested in our life. And one of these, as we're pointing out right now, is that we have a sense of security. You know, I don't think the world is very secure right now. So much upheaval, so much, you know, in some places, just absolute anarchy and lawlessness. 
and fear, people fearing for their lives, people fearing for their children. Um, but there is a security. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Uh, I think fear has probably been working overtime in recent times, trying to uh, attack and torment uh, even the children of God. And two verses that have meant a lot to me lately, Psalm 112, verse 7, says, talking about the righteous, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid. That's a Psalm 112, verse 7 and 8. And here's another really good one. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 24. Have you ever noticed that when you're trying to get quiet, when you're trying to calm your mind down from the busyness of the day, that, that Satan likes to attack when you're vulnerable? Uh, Proverbs 3, 24 says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. I love that. Number seven, when the Lord is our shepherd, what do we have? We have comfort. David says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, we don't think much about a rod or a staff today, but if you were a shepherd, you know, those were your tools of, of doing your job. The rod <clears throat> was like a club. And you remember David said that when he was watching his father's sheep, that a wolf would attack. And, you know, David did not have the attitude, well, you win some, you lose some. David said he went after the wolf and he rescued the sheep. And I think he said he took his his rod, his club, and killed the wolf. And I think he did the same thing with a bear, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the rod was a heavy club that was used to protect the sheep. When we say, God, your rod and your staff, they comfort me, what we're doing is we're acknowledging the power of God, that God is more powerful than any enemy that will ever attack us. And the staff, the staff was a longer type pole, usually with a hook on the end. And if the sheep had fallen down like a precipice or something, the or, or a hill, uh, the the shepherd could reach and and uh, connect and pull that sheep back to safety. So the rod speaks of the power of God. And the staff speaks of the compassion of God to, to reach us when we're far away. Number eight, and I love this, when the Lord is our shepherd, we have sustenance. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I love that. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, to me, that's kind of an unusual statement because when I think of a table, a feast, a banquet, um, you know, a, a wonderful dinner type thing, I don't want to think about my enemies. 
if I was writing this, I would have said, God, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my friends. You know, Pastor John and Anita, I think of all the times, you know, you've taken us for seafood in, in New England and it's so wonderful. And and uh, even now, I'm, I'm so glad I can be with you by Internet, but I'm missing having some clam chowder with you guys. And uh, it, not only is the food wonderful, but the company is wonderful. The fellowship is wonderful. But David said something very unusual. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's a little bit counterintuitive to me because in the natural, now think of this, in the natural, when I think of enemies being around me, that creates, there's, that's a threat. And if we feel threat, we can feel anxious and fearful. And I don't know how you are, but if the times in my life where I felt threatened and felt like, man, enemies and I'm, I'm not secure, I'm not safe, I don't have much of an appetite. That kind of takes my appetite away. But David knew something. David knew that when God is there with his rod and his staff, that our enemies, they just have to look from a distance while we sit there and just eat and feast and partake. And um, when we know, for example, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. See, it doesn't take a lot of faith to enjoy fellowship and a meal with your friends, but it takes faith to enjoy a meal when your enemies are watching. But when you know that your God is ultimately greater and that no weapon formed against you will prosper, you can, you can feast even when the enemies are still out there. I think that's really powerful. Number nine, you anoint my head with oil. When we follow the great shepherd, we have an anointing. And that is so beautiful and so powerful. Um, you anoint my head with oil. Uh, in, in those days when it was hot, when it was dry, when it was arid, uh, the, the skin would get very dry. It could crack. Insects could get in and bite uh, the sheep and things of that nature. So the, the shepherd would pour generous amounts of oil on the head of the sheep and um, massage it in. It was a moisturizer. It was an ointment. It was really a medicine if, they, if the sheep had been bit. So this anointing, uh, we know the anointing of the Holy Spirit today, but the sheep knew it literally and tangibly and physically. It was a source of healing and refreshing, and uh, it, it restored, it, it moisturized. It was just, it was wonderful to them, and so is the anointing for us. Number 10, I love this. Uh, when we follow the great shepherd, we have abundance. My cup runs over. Um I, you know, and we began this psalm with the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack or I shall not want. We start out with provision, but we move to another level here because provision is having enough. But when our cup runs over, 
It's abundance. It's more than enough. And the reason that we want to get to that place in our lives where our cup runs over is because when we have extra, when we have excess, when we have overflow, then we've got something to bless other people with as well. Um, we can give because uh, we have been, we have received. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. The pessimist says, my cup is half empty. The optimist says, my cup is half full. But the believer says, my cup runs over. Number 11, we're almost done here. Um, when we follow the great shepherd, we have confidence. David said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. He didn't say maybe. He didn't say perhaps. He didn't say possibly. He said, surely, certainly, definitely, absolutely, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me. And number 12, when we follow the great shepherd, there is a sense of union, a sense of being united to God. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that beautiful? You know, when we understand, when I was a young Christian, I really struggled with assurance of salvation. A young Christian, I would say something I shouldn't say, have a thought, you know, it wasn't glorifying to God, do something I shouldn't have done, you know, that type of thing. And, and I don't want to, you know, give you the impression, well, now I'm perfect. I never, ever make a mistake or whatever. But see, we have this wonderful promise. Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. I will never reject. I will never turn that person away. When we understand the power of the blood of Jesus and the, the love of God toward us, that as our heart trusts in him, as we believe him, we can say with David, with, with Paul rather, Romans 8, 38 and 39, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is no separation for the believer. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin as we trust him, have faith in him, lean on him, rely on him. Uh, we are secure in him. We have eternal union with God. So as we follow the Lord, our shepherd, we have provision, rest, peace, restoration, guidance, security, comfort, sustenance, anointing, abundance, confidence, and union with God. The Lord is our shepherd. You know, there may be people in the service today, there may be people watching online that you're not sure where you are with God. Um, you know, it's one thing to know Jesus as your Savior, and that's where everything starts. Until we have accepted him, that he died for our sin on the cross, that he shed his blood so that we could be forgiven. 
Um, and Jesus is alive today, and he offers every one of us the gift of eternal life. You know, maybe you're one of those sheep that have gone astray, and today is your day to return to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. We're going to pray in just a second. And I can't see anybody's hands, but I know Pastor John will be up in a minute to give you directions, whether you're physically present in the sanctuary or you're watching online. But also there may be people today that you would say, you know what, Tony, yeah, Jesus has been my savior, but wow, I really need to kick into gear and and really engage with him as my shepherd. Uh, I really need to follow him uh, intensely. I need to focus on him. Uh, he needs to be the one guiding and directing my life. So if you've never accepted Jesus before as your Savior, use this prayer to receive Jesus as your Savior. If you, if you need to rededicate your life to God, use this prayer. Let your heart reach out to God as we pray. And if you just need to consecrate yourself, Jesus, be my, uh, be my, uh, shepherd like never before. That's a great thing as well. Let me pray for you and you pray this from your heart. Dear God, I thank you for each and every person that's watching today. Thank you for Pastor John and Anita and all the great people of FCC. And Lord, let people reach out to you now as Savior. Let people say, Jesus, be the Savior of my life. Forgive my sin. I repent. I turn to you. Lord, let people right now rededicate their life. Let people say, Jesus, I've gotten off track. I, I rededicate my life to you right now. And Lord, let other people reach out and say, uh, Jesus, um, I, I receive you as my shepherd. You're not just my savior. You're my shepherd as well. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Pastor John, I'm going to turn it to you. God bless you. And church, thank you for supporting your church so wonderfully. Uh, your church has supported us so faithfully, even all through this situation. So thank you for giving to your church. Thank you so much, church. Amen. Thank you, Tony. Before we go any further, I want to focus in on what he just prayed. And I want to give you a chance, whether you're watching online or... or